Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, today, we're going to um, wrap it up for the year. Actually, it'll be our last one for 2020, and it's a market update. And what a year it has been. And if we reflect back on uh, 2020, um, who would have thought uh, coming into January, February and March when the Brisbane market was so strong that we would be hit with the headwinds of a pandemic. But, you know, we seem to have sailed through, you know, unscathed to, to a large extent. Um, I know there were a lot of people that were impacted, but from the perspective of the property market, um, things have been really strong and, and, you know, we can look back at the 12-month price gains and understand that it wasn't as bad as we could have um, or, or that it could have been. Yeah, I think um, we'll all, all look back in history now and um, and remember 2020 as a, um, a very different and, and strange type of year. Um, and obviously the property market to the back end of it um, now is um, in Brisbane is very positive. Uh, there's a lot of confidence around. There's a lot of uh, people out looking at homes, good sales. So um that's that's sort of roughly what's happening on the ground. What's um, happening in the data world, Melinda? Well, I think before we get into the price movements and what's happening in the um, rental market as well, I think it's important to look at a macro level to see what's happening, you know, at the broader uh, scale of things, just to see where we might be heading as well. And the first uh, piece of information that we're going to look at is lending numbers. Now, what we've seen, the ABS has released its latest lending figures. They show that owner-occupier lending has risen to historical highs. So there's never been more people who are owner-occupiers who are obtaining mortgages than now. So that's actually really interesting. And that does exclude refinancing. Um, but what's even more interesting, and obviously this is not specific to Brisbane, but it is specific to Queensland, is that first home buyer numbers are up 70% year on year. So that's huge. It really tells us who is, you know, in the market, who's borrowing money. Um, and those owner-occupiers um, that are first home buyers, they're really strong at the moment. And what about the investor side of it? Is that similar? Um, actually, investor lending remains relatively low or modest overall uh, when we look at a nationwide level. Although based on our own level of inquiry, we have to say that there are a lot of people that are interested in Brisbane and that are looking to invest in Brisbane. And potentially that's because of affordability, um, but also because of the rental yields that we offer in property prices here as well. But I just want to circle back in terms of um, the housing commitments overall. Uh, when we look at that lending data, the total value of housing finance commitments, um, and this excludes refinancing, it increased 40.2% in Queensland over the September quarter. Now, when we look at how much of the national um, uplift that has accounted for, it's 31% of the national uplift in lending. So there's a huge proportion of people that are looking to buy in Queensland and that's coming through in the lending data that we're now looking at um, that's been recently released. So obviously with the, um, obviously there's a lot of confidence around. What, what does that sort of reflect on consumer confidence? Well, that's another thing that's gone through the roof and we are now at 10 year highs in the consumer sentiment index, um, which is put out by um, 
you know, Westpac, Comsec, etc. So we've never had a more optimistic um, outlook over the last 10 years than now. So, you know, consumers are very optimistic about the future and that's coming through in the data, but it's certainly what we're seeing on the ground um, in, in terms of property activity as well by being out every weekend. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more confidence around. So obviously that then would push towards things like loan deferrals, employment, that type of thing. Yeah, so we can look at the loan deferral um, data and obviously that's something that has been spoken about um, a lot because a lot of people did put their mortgages um, on hold during the peak of the pandemic. But the loan deferrals are actually also falling. So they're down from more than 900,000 loans at the peak of the pandemic to under 300,000 now. So that's a decline of almost 70%. So this is actually providing more reassurance for property markets. I think um, based on that data alone, the risk of forced selling uh, because mortgage holders uh, may be unable to make their repayments, it's actually rapidly diminishing. So that's giving buyers more confidence that, you know, we're not going to see any um, fiscal cliff effectively where people will be forced sellers uh, simply because there's, you know, a number of people that have already gone back to paying their full repayments. So it seems like all good news so far. Um, What else can finish the year off? I I guess things like a vaccine and employment. Yeah, so Queensland had some really good employment um, data that came out recently. Um, We've added back 206,000 jobs in only five months. So now we can see our total employment levels higher than they were one year ago before the pandemic. So again, that's really reassuring for the Queensland economy as a whole. Obviously, the more jobs that we can create, um, the more reason there is for people to live and move um, to our region. And it gives people more confidence and more cash flow, obviously, to put back into the economy. Yeah, I think that that's definitely showing a bit more in the property market as well with um, the amount of people that are out out looking and buying properties. Um, There's obviously that confidence there with um, with the employment side of things as well. Yeah, and let's not forget, you know, every time we turn on the news, there's talk of a vaccine and we're seeing vaccines being rolled out overseas in the UK and in the US. um, And it's not going to be long before we see something similar come through here in Australia. So all of this is very positive news for consumer sentiment as a whole. And it certainly provides some reassurance for those that are wanting to make that really big decision of committing to a property purchase, whether that is a home or an investment. It just gives people more confidence that things aren't going to, you know, be catastrophic in the future and and people are generally a lot more optimistic. So with the year we've had, um, 2021 is looking very, very positive. Um, what sort of impact, I guess, does do all of those things have on um, the property market in Brisbane? Well, I think it's it's always positive when, you know, the outlook is bright and we're seeing that come through real time by the number of buyers that are out every weekend and the number of um, or the, the depth of competition on properties that we're looking to purchase. Now, we've obviously got the latest CoreLogic uh, numbers here that indicate that property values have increased again up to the end of November. So when we're looking at that core logic data, it shows that property values in Brisbane, this is greater Brisbane, have increased 0.6% over the month of November, um, which shows the quarterly growth in dwelling values um, at 1.5% and the annual growth at 3.2%. Now, you will notice that I mentioned dwellings and that those figures incorporate both houses, units and townhouses in the same number. And I think it is important um, 
especially in some of the major capital city markets at the moment, to break that down, to get an understanding of what the housing index looks like versus the unit index, because there is a bit of a divergence in the performance of both. So if we, if we jump back to the, the listing side of it, um, obviously, when you get to the, the journey of buying property, what about the listings? Um, I, I, from what we're sort of seeing, listing numbers are still quite low. Talking to agents, they're still doing a lot of hard work to try and bring properties to the market. Um, the listing numbers still are definitely low. They certainly are. So numbers are um, down from where they were 12 months ago. Whilst we saw a small um, uptick throughout October, they tightened again throughout November. And, you know, coming into Christmas, we've certainly seen very low volumes of new listings coming to the market. But what has changed is that the, the sales activity is um, ramping up because there are more buyers. So it is still very much a situation of stock shortage. There's not enough properties for sale um, to account for the number of buyers that are in the market. And that's what's creating this strong seller's market and, you know, pushing prices up because of, you know, the competition. So we had a bit of an increase in that spring, what's known as probably the spring sort of season for sales. Yeah, so obviously sales activity has been very strong and what we're seeing is any quality properties that are coming to the market that have no impact, that means they're not on a main road, they have no flood impact um, and they're priced, you know, according to to the market demand, they sell and they sell very, very quickly. Uh, We've seen very strong prices being achieved at auction because there's multiple bidders and in fact, we were at an auction just on Saturday um, at a property in Wilston and there was so much activity there, it made the Courier Mail. It did. It was in the Courier Mail. Um, very popular. You had to uh, line up basically to get in the front gate. There was 28 registered bidders at that property um, and it sold for a, uh, it was a renovator in, in Wilston in the inner north area, um, sold for 1.5 mil. So it was a very popular auction. Yeah. And I think the um, relative piece of information there is that there were 28 registered bidders. That's 28 people that had finance in place ready to buy on the day. So what that means is 27 buyers have now missed out and are still in the market to buy in that particular location. So we need another 27 properties to come to the market to fulfill that demand in that particular location. So it puts some perspective on, you know, what's actually happening out there on the ground. And, you know, that's very visible when it is um, an auction campaign like that. So before we get into the, the sales sort of data side of it, uh, just a couple more, um, just sort of jump around a little bit of Brisbane, uh, out further to the north. Um, property opened last Saturday. On the Saturday, there were 10 offers on that property, um, sold well over for the ask, asking price. Another one recently um, down to the southwest, Oxley. Uh, it was a property listed for auction. They actually received multiple offers on that one and it sold prior to auction um, and got a good price on for that one as well. So just because it's listed for auction doesn't mean it will go to auction. That was a multi-offer as well. Um, so good strong sales in some in some variety of um, different areas. Yeah, there's not much that we're seeing that's not selling very quickly. Um, I guess where we're seeing properties being sold with a tenant in place, um, that does wipe out the segment of the market that are buying to move into. So those properties tend to um, take a little bit longer to sell. And as I said, any properties that have an impact um, or properties where sellers' expectations are just a little bit unrealistic for the current market, um, they're the properties that are sitting on the market and not selling. Um, So anyone that's willing to meet the market, and believe me, people are paying more today than what they were three months ago for uh, properties in Brisbane. And that's reflected in the data because we are now at a record high in terms of um, property values, especially in the housing market. So we've held you back for a little while. 
um, and I'm sure you're, you're quite keen to get a little bit more data out there to everyone. So um, it's always a fun part of the market update for Linda when she can get numbers and data and stats and percentages and prices in a rink. So um, what have you got for us um, as a bit of an update? So look up the, to the end of uh, November, we've seen house price growth um, in the CoreLogic Index of 0.7%. So you'll remember the dwelling values overall rose 0.6%. So that's driven largely by houses on their own lots. The quarterly um, increase up 1.7% and the annual increase up 3.3%. So um, sorry, the annual increase up 4%. Um, so it does help you to understand how strong that housing market is. And we are now um, at a record median high across Greater Brisbane of 568,000. Um, it's the highest it's ever been. So it gives you an indication of how strong that housing market is. When we look at units, um, units are still 1% lower than they were 12 months ago. So we're certainly not at record highs in the unit space. 388,661 is the current median value for units across Greater Brisbane. They did see some price growth um, throughout November, 0.2% growth. Um, but the annual figure is a decline, as I mentioned. So um, if you are, you know, looking to buy a unit, we are still not at peak uh, prices there. So, you know, there may be an opportunity to get in the market, but of course you have to analyse the risk, especially if you are an investor. But for first home buyers, you know, it's an affordable way to actually enter the market. Now, before we jump onto the rental side of it, I, I know that, as I mentioned all the time, that Melinda loves her data. She's um, got some more interesting data that's just been released. So I'm sure you'd like to share that with everyone as well. Sure. I'm excited about this. So the Queensland Market Monitor report uh, for December 2020 has just been released. And now this is a report that is um, produced by the Real Estate Institute of Queensland, and it provides very comprehensive data breakdowns for every suburb and every local government area throughout Queensland. So I will help you to understand what's happening in each local government area um, according to that data. Now, this is data up to the end of the September quarter. So we are looking a little bit backwards here, but um, big reports like this do take time to produce. Um, and I guess that's why, you know, having that up to date um, on the ground analysis, you know, you can override that with the, the data that is a bit retrospective to get an understanding of which direction we're heading. But when we look at Brisbane um, as the local government area, the quarterly change in house prices was 1.4%, the annual change 4.4%. So, you know, the numbers that I reported just previously were, were the numbers for all of Greater Brisbane. So that is the highest performing region of Greater Brisbane. That's the Brisbane City Council region. Um, followed closely by Morton Bay. Morton Bay had an annual change in house prices of 3.4% um, and a quarterly change of 1.6%. Now, as we move into other council regions, Ipswich, negative price growth in the housing market of negative 0.7%, no quarterly change in house values. Logan, 2% increase annual change, 0.8% quarterly change. Um, and finally, the Redlands, um, it's had 1% annual change, and that's just come in the last quarter with the 1% change um, coming through between uh, July and September. So that was houses? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. we can then move into looking at units. Um, so units have not fared as well across the board. Um, and remember, the greater Brisbane unit values have declined over the last 12 months. But when we look at the Brisbane local government area, in the last quarter, there has been a decline of um, negative 0.5%, but an overall annual increase of 0.7%. So that's reassuring. 
Moreton Bay has seen a decline in units and townhouses, um, 0.3% decline across the quarter, negative 1.6% decline annually. Ipswich has been the real underperformer in terms of units and townhouses. So this, you know, highlights the risk associated with different asset classes in different locations. Negative 4.1% growth in the quarter in units and townhouses in Ipswich and negative 21.9% growth in the unit and townhouse space annually. So that's a big decline. And, you know, if you're an investor that got in 12 months ago and um, you're hearing this news, it's probably not the best news. It does obviously mean that your yields um, are higher, but yeah, that's not what you want. Uh, Negative growth of 21.9%. The last two areas, Logan, 1.8% price growth in units and townhouses in the quarter, but annually 0.4% growth. And Redlands, little bit of an outperformer in terms of units, 1.6% growth in the last quarter and 6.1% growth um, across the last 12 months. So there's been a little bit uh, better performance on an annual basis in units and townhouses out in Redlands. So that covers both units and townhouses in that section, obviously. Um, And what about vacant land? Yeah, so vacant land, obviously, we're always talking about the fact that the land is the proportion of the asset that grows in value. Um, the building depreciates, the land appreciates. So it's always good to know what's happening in vacant land sales. Um, and it's also good to understand, you know, especially off the back of the incentives like um, the home builder package, you know, who's paying what for land in certain locations and which way are those land values going. So in Brisbane, there's been no change across the quarter or annually in the uh, median value for vacant land. In Moreton Bay, it's seen the greatest increase in values annually, up 4.8%, um, but across the quarter, 0.8% growth. So Ipswich is up 2.4% across the 12-month period, up 0.5% across the last quarter. Logan, only up 1.4% annually, um, no change across the last quarter. And in Redlands, no change across the last 12 months very slight increase of 0.6% across the last quarter. So definitely the outperformer there in terms of price increases in vacant land, um, Moreton Bay. Mm, that, that's quite some interesting data there, actually. I, and I'm not the big data person myself, but <laughs> just looking at that, um, it is interesting some of the numbers, um, some really positive, some a little bit you scratch your head and you wonder, um, and you probably wouldn't want to be investing. I wouldn't want to be investing in certain um, asset classes in certain areas. Um, so what about then, obviously, for the uh, investor side of it, the rental market? What's happening on the, the latest information there? Well, we've just looked at the latest um, vacancy rate data, which is relative up to the end of November. And um, to put it bluntly, you know, it's a really tight rental market in Brisbane, generally speaking. So uh, previously, it was at 2% vacancy rate across Greater Brisbane. It's now 1.8%. So it's declined again uh, between October and November. But when we look at every region um, throughout Brisbane, there has been an improvement um, or, or the vacancy rates have further decreased across the board. There's been no areas between October and November that have had an increase in their vacancy. Everything has declined. Still, um, there is some vacancy risk in the Brisbane CBD. So at the end of October, they were at 7.9% vacancy rate. They're now at 6.9%. So we can see in the data that that trend, there is a recovery um, in motion there, but still, you know, 6.9% vacancy rate is still um, relatively high. Um, but, you know, a lot of the regions are now less than 1%, including the Beanley Corridor, 
at 0.8%, vacancy, Ipswich at 0.9%, Northern Brisbane at 0.9%, Southeast Brisbane at 0.8%. I mean, these regions are so tight. When properties do become available for rent, you've got multiple tenants putting in applications just to, tr to try and secure a property. So, you know, it's good news for investors because obviously that does put upward pressure on rents. Um, not such great news for people that are looking to relocate if they are tenants because it's pretty hard to find a, a good home to move into if you are looking to rent. Yeah, that um, I'm definitely seeing that. I went to a um, pre-settlement inspection for a client yesterday and uh, the, the property manager was actually there at the same time just to have a walk through to see if there's any improvements we could do or what need to be done be before they uh, have an open, I think it was today and Thursday, Friday, Saturday um, this week. Um, and they've already got two offers on that property from some tenants and they're above the appraisal range. So that would have been sight unseen offers. Sight too. unseen. So it's definitely showing that out and about, just talking to agents as well. And I know just from, um, you know, where we purchased that property, the vacancy rate in that particular suburb. So remember, I've quoted vacancy rates at a, um, a regional area sort of level, but we can see vacancy rates at a suburb level. And I believe in that suburb, the vacancy rate is 0.4%. So, you know, just nothing available. So when it comes up, you do see people applying before they can physically get through to look at it. So any changes in the rent side of things from, um, from over the last couple of months? So, yeah, we can look at the CoreLogic data that um, reports on changes in rents. Um, between the 31st of March and the 31st of November, we've actually seen house rents increase, which is not surprising given the, the downward trend in vacancy. 1.2% um, increase in the rents achieved in houses. But the opposite is actually true of rents in the unit market in Brisbane. So we've seen a decline in rents there, negative 1.9% um, rental uh, change in the unit market. It's important to understand, especially if you are an investor, we've reported that there's been negative price growth in a lot of regions in the unit market. There's also negative rental price growth. So, you know, you've got um, an investment that's not only going backward in value potentially, but, you know, your rental yields are being compressed. So it's really important to make sure you know the right asset to select if you are an investor and, and understand what those vacancy rates are. Um, can mean and how they contribute to your overall investment strategy. Now, something we do as a business um, is on a Saturday, especially um, the whole team um, uniforms on and we're out and about talking to agents, going to auctions, open homes, having a look at seeing how many people are out there. What, what sort of thing can you give us an update of what we're actually seeing on the ground and, and what's out there on a weekend? Well, I don't think that's changed from um, this time last month when we were providing our update. Um, I I absolutely um, reaffirm that there's a lot of buyers that are very active in the Brisbane market at the moment. There's still a lot of buyers that are consistently missing out on properties. I mean, just in the areas that um, I'm actively in, you know, inspecting on weekends personally, I see the same buyers at multiple open homes. I see the same buyers bidding at multiple um, auctions and I see the same buyers consistently missing out. And, you know, it is really hard in the current market when there's not a lot of properties available for sale, but yet there's so many buyers that are scrambling over limited stock. So it's just a function of the current market. Um, some conversations that we are having with real estate agents indicate that, you know, there's not a lot that potentially is going to be coming to the market next year that is going to be new and fresh. Um, so listings may still be tight looking forward into the future. Um, that said, we, we do expect some small uplift um, 
early to mid-January when, you know, hopefully some agents have been holding off listing um, new properties coming into Christmas and those properties will go up early in the new year, but time will tell. Yeah, it's, it is. We did touch on it earlier. That spring sale sort of season that everyone talks about, um, that obviously off, off the back of what we've been through this year, there was a little bit of an increase, as you mentioned, coming into Christmas. Generally, things do slow down a bit. Everyone has that Christmas break. Um, so hopefully with all the confidence around um, moving ahead, it'll, it'll obviously be positive next year. Now, a, another thing, just touching back on what you're talking about, the amount of buyers and everything else, something we do, we have a laugh about is, and people talk to us all the time, is um, buying a property under market value. Um, it, it is, we do, we're smiling now and laughing about it, but um, market value is what you pay. So that's obviously the market value. So I'm not sure how you buy it under it, but a question we probably um, would ask someone is how, how do they do it when there's so many other buyers out there? What are they buying and where are they buying? Because if, if there's a lot of people out looking for those properties, uh, we struggle to work out how they get it under what they call market value. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. And, you know, we we certainly don't um, suggest to any buyers that are looking to work with us that we're able to secure something 10 or 15% under market value. Um, ultimately, we are purchasing, you know, A-grade assets, whether that's an investment or a home. And look, the, the types of properties that we would be recommending for our clients are typically the types of homes that, you know, home buyers are, you know, fighting over as well. So in order just to secure the property, if there's 10 other people putting forward offers, um, they're not going to accept your offer that's 10 or 15% under what someone else is willing to pay. So um, it does then come down to the terms that you may be willing to offer. Um, they don't always accept the very highest price, um, but, you know, tightening up finance, um, tightening up your other terms, being ready to act as quickly as possible, that can all help. And we did cover that in a, a previous podcast episode uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, you've, you've definitely got to look positive. Um, when when there's 28 registered bidders at a um, property, that's actually a positive thing because mm. there's a lot of people that want that. And if you're looking at properties where there are multiple offers on, on a property, there's other people that want that. So it's obviously in high demand and it's a good location to buy. So um, looking ahead, what what... What, what's your crystal ball say and um, what's going to happen? Yeah, look, the months ahead and certainly looking forward into 2021 um, in the Brisbane property market, it, it appears to be strong. I mean, there's no doubt based on what we are seeing at the moment on the ground um, that the that buyer depth is sufficient to withstand any increase in listings that that may or may not come anytime next year. Um, as I mentioned, 10, 20, even 28 uh, buyers on one property, it helps you understand how many people are actually out there looking to buy at the moment. I think that that demand is you know, driven by so many things. We've got local home buyers that are upgrading. We've clearly got a lot of first home buyers that are getting into the market because at the moment in many locations around Brisbane, it is actually cheaper to own your own property than it is to rent someone else's because that's why the rental yields are high, but with interest rates so low, um, you know, if you've got the deposit to get into the market, um, there's definitely reason to do so while interest rates are so low. But look, economic conditions are improving. The virus containment um, is obviously working. We we live fairly COVID-free at the moment, and we're very lucky for that um, to be the case. But, you know, ultimately, it's never been cheaper than now to borrow money and people are capitalising on that and they're able to borrow more than what they were able to borrow previously. So, you know, that's definitely driving the property markets and we see that continuing certainly throughout 2021. 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it's positive as well. I totally agree. Um, I, I can't see things moving backwards in any way, and um, I think it's um, twenty twenty one is looking very positive as well. So, um, look, I'll um, I'll probably wrap it up there from from myself for this year. Um, thank you everyone for listening to us in in twenty twenty. We'll continue again next year. Um, we're having a, a little bit of a break, um, probably till early January. So. Um, look, thanks very much for listening. Um, hope everyone has a safe and happy Christmas and um, we'll talk to you in the new year. Thanks very much and bye for now. Yeah, thanks so much for tuning in again to the Brisbane Property Podcast. We've enjoyed bringing you these weekly episodes, but you know, looking forward towards the end of 2020, we would like to wish all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas. We hope you have a very safe and happy holiday period and we do look forward to joining you again throughout 2021. As always, please don't forget to share this podcast with your friends or family. Hey, it might be a great Christmas gift to tell someone to download this because the gift of knowledge is um, the best gift that anyone could give. So feel free to share the podcast around and leave us a review if you like what you hear. Until next year, take care, everyone, and bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.